1: This week, we're going to talk about uh, what Creator says, Creator's perspective on today's moral dilemmas. Maybe some of you might wonder what that is, but uh, there's a lot going on. We're going to get into it.
2: Well, if you are connected at all with the outside world via the media, you'll get an inkling about moral dilemmas. This seems to be the lead issue across the nation right now. The morality of race relations, the issue of uh, who will govern us and what is appropriate and maybe not to push back against the established order to get what is perceived justice, a righting of wrongs and, and so on. And increasingly people are being accused and pushed into a corner and it's a very effective tactic uh, for the most part if it's not opposed by the the established order. So people get intimidated and it's easy to blame and shame and make people cower. That is not a divine way to handle grievances. So we're going to talk about some of these issues and and give you some actual divine
1: feedback on what's going on in today's world. Absolutely. Let's get started. You asked Creator, we know from past channelings that Creator and the divine realm value free will and have a hands-off policy. Since humans are called to be more divine in just about every way, is it appropriate for individuals to adopt the same hands-off policy and just let people do whatever they want without human interference. All right, and this is what
2: Creator tells us in response to this question. You are seeing enacted within your world the consequences of unbridled freedom when there is a lack of divine alignment in what people feel and do. This is the legacy of the darkness creeping into your galaxy as a consequence of the fallen angels and their fall from grace described in the Bible. They have been on a downward path ever since and have corrupted many worlds and many groups of intelligent beings, including humanity. It is the hallmark of depravity to encourage wrongdoing. What you describe is a counteracting force and whether to apply it or not. The question can be reduced to one of safety. How are you to survive and flourish if unbridled freedom becomes corrupted with darkness and people lose their moral alignment and begin to act as criminals? It is only reason, judgment, and discernment behind seeing such conduct as starting on a slippery slope that will lead to disaster. If it is not checked in time, things will tend to worsen and escalate. This is a commonly observed sequence where people start out as teenagers with petty crimes such as shoplifting, writing graffiti on buildings, and perhaps minor acts of vandalism that are more classed as hijinks than a serious threat to the workings of society. But the trajectory all too often is that as they grow older into adulthood, their criminal tendencies grow with them, and that it is on to car theft, reckless endangerment, driving while intoxicated, Assault and battery, burglary, breaking and entering, and so on. Things can worsen from there to include acts of violence and murder. The fact the criminal justice system has not effectively prevented this progression in its punishment of citizens who are caught committing wrongdoing and subjected to a penalty does not mean it is wise to throw up one's hands and say, "Well, nothing will truly help, so we might as well just let nature take its course." That is truly a prescription for disaster, given the history here that such individuals exist in society in significant numbers, and if left to their own, left on their own to do their worst, can be counted on to do so, and then there will be many victims accordingly. In a sense, allowing such conduct to reign without opposition, knowing people will be harmed materially, is in effect signing on to the crime and making a judgment. It is not worth the time and trouble to become involved. The law of karma sees everything that happens being the responsibility of all who are present or even who are aware of the situation and will be watching to see what they do in response. Do they walk away and ignore the problem, leaving the problem to fester, perhaps worsen over time, and grow in magnitude, resulting in harm to many others? Or do they take some action to help defend their fellow citizens and rein in the the evildoer so they will have to face some consequences? You as yet do not have an ideal system to help change such conduct. It is exceedingly difficult in many who are beyond the pale, having become functional sociopaths who lack a conscience and can only think in selfish terms. Such hardcore individuals may be a problem all lifelong when they are not locked up. We do not recommend imprisonment when there are paths to rehabilitation. But your system is not prepared to do what it takes to turn such things around Nor are the tools available to you for the most part, except the wisdom of a few individuals doing work with the deep subconscious mind and work to change beliefs within a person and the healing of the disconnect from higher self. There needs to be attention paid to what will truly help in such a situation. And that is the deep healing and karmic repair that are the only way to help a person regain divine alignment when heavily corrupted by the forces of evil, working from within them to modify their beliefs, close down their connection to the divine realm, and to subject them to harassment and torment by dark spirits, commandeer to wreak havoc, and carry out a campaign of bullying that will be relentless and severely damaging in many cases. This is why people become savages. It is a consequence of being savage deep within their mind by spirit beings who have become savages, functionally speaking, having turned away from the light and are seeking to drag everyone and everything down into greater and greater depravity. Humans were created to solve the problem of evil. That will require action and is not served by passive indifference and neglect of one's duty to speak up to awaken others to the nature of the problem and enlist their help so people can work together in common cause to right the wrongs being inflicted on humanity by the interlopers. These are not simple problems, but you are not alone either. The answer is to partner with Creator, so you will develop the wherewithal to make meaningful change in those causing problems. This starts with taking action whenever there is wrongdoing to identify the perpetrator, and constrain them in some way to limit further injury. This is simply the recognition you have responsibility for everything that happens on your watch, and you will reckon with karma when you choose to
1: do nothing. There's a lot to think about here. There's a lot to think about. You know, the fact that Creator says that it is incumbent upon us to rein in the evildoers, you know, that we do have to to take steps. And while our system of criminal justice is far from desirable, um, at the same time, we just can't let those run amok that, that would cause harm to civilization.
2: Well, we have this current debate going. Should we get rid of law enforcement yeah. <laughs> because of perceived <laughs> wrongdoing and excesses? And there are serious problems there. But there are serious problems in getting rid of law enforcement under the circumstances we face in society. You know, we bought the idea of equality. Okay, so that's a good thing, I think, that people believe that we're all equal. We all have some standing. We all deserve fairness and, and a place in the world and, and a, a, a voice and a vote as well. Yes, But there's some realities here we do have to reckon with. Some people are troubled. Some people are disturbed. Some people are wildly out of control of their own emotions. And their morality is tissue paper thin, if it exists at all. This is just a fact. So we've been told by Creator that fully 10% of people are functional sociopaths. Yep. These are lawless beings because they have no morality. It's absent in them. It's a it's a condition that has developed over time. It's been called a character disorder, but it's not it's it's dysfunctional and the people are dangerous. Yeah. Yep. They they are dangerous as leaders. They're dangerous as corporate CEOs. There are many in that class who have positions of power because they're ruthless. They'll backstab their way to leadership. And they'll they'll be the ones out doing acts of vandalism and destruction, burning wholesale if they can do it because they have no conscience.
1: This is not a good thing. You can't no. trust the mob. And as Creator says, it's not a simple problem to solve. Of course not. But it is solvable and Creator's giving us the tools to do it. So we're probably going to have to do a two-pronged approach. One, we have to do deep healing for these people. But in the meantime, we also have to constrain them to some extent physically from, from interfering in the, uh, the lives of ordinary people. U.S. Creator, what is the divine perspective on people reacting to the perceived oppressive and insensitive nature of historical information and reminders of past atrocities? Should people of conscience honor someone else's outrage because their ancestors have been wronged in the past, Even if they never suffered personally. Okay, we're seeing this
2: a lot these days, aren't we? We With the (laughs) historical monuments that are being torn down willy nilly, whether they're uh, celebrating uh, a Confederate general or someone who was an abolitionist fighting for the freedom of slaves, uh, historically, and
1: and so on. The latest one I heard, Carl, was that they want to take down the statue of Archangel Michael standing over Satan because it looks too much like the George George Floyd incident.
2: Did you hear that one? (laughs) No, I didn't hear that one. If you want an extreme in contrast, I think that would be it.
1: That's about (laughs) it,
2: exactly. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and this isn't about wanting to just be able to club people ourselves you see we're we're trying to find some middle ground some sense of perspective and to encourage people to keep going in spite of the difficulties and help them to feel a little more confident maybe if their views are in alignment but they're powerless to change the mob you know so we have to start somewhere and if no one even thinks the mob needs reining in. We're in big, big trouble. I think so. I think All right. So, so. we may have lost what this question is, but it's about dealing with history and people who are very, very sensitive about history and identify uh, with it. And and is it should we just let them do whatever they want now, in, yeah. in a sense? All right. And so Creator tells us the following. This is a dilemma all too common in today's world, and it is made very complicated because of the fact nothing is quite what it seems on the surface. If people were rightly suffering because of a harm done to them and feel worse because of the perceived insensitivity of those who might honor the original perpetrators in some way, as in a building a statue of, uh, as in building a statue in their memory, this is an understandable reaction. And to have sympathy is in keeping with the divine human and the importance of recognizing when love is threatened, compromised, limited, or absent. But the major driving force in today's world for such perceived inequities is a mind control manipulation of people to become incensed about perceived wrongdoing taking place in history and extrapolated today's, to today's world and blame some of the living for what has happened, and feeling incensed and transferring responsibility by virtue of their racial makeup to assign blame to innocent people. While it is true that some people who are members of the white race may have been slave owners in historical times, if they are not slave owners today, it is not the responsibility of fellow humans to punish them for the possibility they may have done wrong in other lifetimes. This is illogical because even though this might be true, not only is it impossible to prove in a court of law, the person they are accusing will have no conscious awareness or recollection of any such events. So attempting to punish a person who in the current incarnation has committed no wrongdoing is, in a sense, perpetuating the wrongdoing of the past and extending it into the current generation simply wanting retribution. But this is destined to fall on many innocent victims and ends up serving no one except the darkness, because it will perpetuate the racial animosity by assigning blame in a sinister role of innocent people they have had no involvement with consciously and oftentimes not in actuality, even as a historical event in their particular ancestry. Such exercises are being orchestrated to happen. That is why the feelings run so high, even though it is quite illogical to dislike someone on the basis of a possible carryover genetically. To lump people together simply on the basis of race and blame them for past behavior of their racial forebears is itself a kind of racism on display making a categorical and sweeping generalization that people of a certain race are inherently evil and tainted by virtue of their skin color. This is no different than racial prejudice against the victims in prior generations subjected to slavery. The reason such thoughts are alive and well is because they are being implanted in people by mind-control manipulation, done by the extraterrestrial alliance, to resurrect old divisions and hatreds and keep them going. This is why it feels like there are fresh wounds, and the old grievances are keenly felt and ramp up passions to a fever pitch in people feeling they themselves are victims. It is a manipulation of their minds and feelings. They are being programmed to fight an enemy no longer in existence, but which will create an enemy most certainly. And the pain will continue through the current generation and beyond as a consequence.
1: You know who I really miss in these times, Carl? Is, it's Martin Luther King. Because he actually called for unity of the races. He called for people to reach out to each other, to work together, to cooperate. And I'm just not hearing that dialogue today. What, what, uh, what a crazy notion. Unity? Uh, yeah. <laughs> how could we have unity? You
2: know, yeah, yeah. white people are evil. Yes, Blacks are oppressed, they're suppressed, they're being held down. They deserve to be in power, to be in charge of things, and to, and to have reparations and, and so on. Well, one can make these cases. I'm not saying these are crazy notions, but it's a reaction to the past, largely, being ginned up in the present to make it seem real and fresh. And that's a dangerous situation. It's a tinderbox, and we're seeing the consequences play out in yes. the civil distress and, and unhappiness, general unhappiness. How do we get happy
1: again? Yeah. And that's what we're, what we're trying to invite people to really take a step back and think about. You know, th- there has been some progress since Martin Luther King in the 60s. You know, maybe not as but much and as, as great as we had hoped. But it's hard, I think, for thoughtful people to think that we have slid backwards to the 20s all of a sudden, when, when things really were horrendous, you know, and, and imbalanced. And we, we look at the collective reaction, all the emotions that are ginned up. Is this natural? That's all we're asking. Is this, is this a logical extension of the situation that we've been living for the last 20 years? Not the last 100 years, but the last yeah. 20.
2: Yeah. Well... The bottom line that we're conveying here is: this is entirely sinister. <laughs> this, yeah. this, this really isn't normal. This isn't a normal way to think.
1: Yeah, it's not the fault of not normal, and it's not the fault of any race. We're not blaming blacks. We're not blaming whites. This is being imposed on us from outside. Yeah, we're being manipulated to believe these things, and we need to, you know, really think hard about this because the consequences are sweeping and large and it's going to affect everybody in the end coming up on a break be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com get our prayer book uh, getwisdom.com slash prayer the the most effective way to pray for things to bring about peace and prosperity and health in your life and also check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol at getwisdom.com slash LHP and we'll be back with more on this topic right after this
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and
0: network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars featured the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second
1: segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about uh, current times and the moral dilemmas that go along with them and Creator's perspective on them. Um, it's an interesting conversation. Um Maybe a little heated even, perhaps, but uh, certainly timely, for sure. Well, we we need to get
2: a grip on ourselves and a better understanding that these are not normal times. We're being manipulated in ways to prey on our emotions, and people are being exploited to line up with their politics, line up with their race, line up with their view of history, and... It's all to just ramp up passion, to create disorder and chaos and infighting and hatred, because hatred breeds hatred. That's what it does. So we need, we need more love. We need more unity and a, a, a bridging across the chasms that separate us individually.
1: Yes, and we're going to get into that. You asked Creator, when is it appropriate? To honor someone else's exaggerated sensitivity and seeming irrationality about racism versus taking a stand and refusing to go along with it. Is there any kind of divine litmus test to help guide people with this dilemma? All right, this is
2: what a creator tells us To have sympathy with the devil is a losing proposition. We understand the sympathies people have to those who are truly suffering because they're from the perceived heritage of being subjugated and suppressed, whose ancestors were treated reprehensibly and subjected to grievous harm, and their descendants living today continue to perceive discrimination in the world that reminds them again and again of their history, being a member of an oppressed people. How can one escape such deep influence? This is very understandable, but it is the case for each and every human that they are the living descendants of oppressed people, victims of unjust wars, discriminated against many, many times in many, many settings, from being born in humble origins and then always being an outcast, an underling member of a peasant class, and so on, denied an education, denied opportunities for advancement in society, denied an opportunity to gain specialized knowledge and develop skills to even become a craftsman and have a business of one's own. Every human being living today with few exceptions outside of the extraterrestrial bloodline have had lifetimes of suffering, being treated as a second-class citizen and being an innocent victim of wrongdoing of all kinds simply because of who they were and being judged by the status of their family, if not their ethnic or racial heritage. So it is not the blacks alone who have been slaves. All have been enslaved by limitations of all kinds. People of all races have lived as indentured servants, and in effect slaves trapped by life circumstances, to be a subservient underling with few prospects, to gain any prosperity. So what sets apart the current focus on the black experience is that it is historically relatively recent and by virtue of racial makeup it is easier to identify one's ancestry with respect to this issue because the skin color will generally reflect which side of the problem an individual has in their particular heritage. The basic illogical assumption that people should act today as though it just happened and to them personally is exaggerating its meaning by embracing it as one's own persona and reason for living and a justification for being disgruntled and feeling like they are an aggrieved party and that members of another race are responsible in some way. This is truly perpetuating the legacy keeping it alive and well and flourishing within the minds and hearts of people to continue the suffering and discouragement that any discrimination against one group of people by another creates great suffering and leaves wounds for a lifetime and beyond. This ramping up is being done by the interlopers to make your world worse. If you accept their programming, you will indeed suffer, and you will indeed have a karmic penalty because you became a minion working for the darkness when you accept this branding and behave
1: accordingly. And I just want to point out that when we mention the word racism, that's not code speak between me and Carl for blacks and whites. Racism is a problem across the globe. I mean, right now there is high tensions between India and China, and a lot of that is fueled by racism. Between those two groups, um, there's racism between ethnic groups of all kinds. It was, and even between ethnic groups within the same race. You know, the, the the problems between the British and Irish went on for centuries, and there's probably still some echoes today. Even, you know, the different American Native American Indian tribes had it out for each other. I mean, this kind of divine and conquer is not just a white and black issue. It is a human issue, and this is what we're trying to get at.
2: Well, and I can tell you from doing healing work with people and looking at their Akashic records of their other lives, people switch races when they incarnate. And oftentimes to repair karma, someone who was harsh to uh, an oppressed person, maybe a person of color, will come back in an incarnation as a person of color. So they get a taste of their own medicine. And this is how the divine helps rebalance. And we choose it to help heal ourselves and help heal one another. So this is an ongoing dilemma, but it doesn't start with people. It starts with other beings in our sphere of influence, manipulating us to have these roles as slave master. This, this is the evil. It's a deeper evil than the races of different people. Indeed. And
1: we're gonna get more into that. U.S. Creator, we've learned that in the light and everywhere else in the universe outside of this Milky Way galaxy alone, that karmic feedback is swift and of sufficient intensity to prevent evil from ever getting a foothold. Because in the Milky Way galaxy, karmic feedback can take a very long time in coming back around, it seems logical that we physical humans have to fill the gap with our own human laws and rules and efforts at correcting others who are not behaving divinely. Many appear to be leaning towards an argument lately that police should never use any force to apprehend people suspected of or caught engaging in wrongdoing. How can we possibly make up for the karmic shortfall if we collectively follow that line of thinking? What is the divine perspective on this question? All right, and this is what Creator
2: tells us. Once again, we would point out simply that you are, in effect, responsible for all that happens on your watch. If you witness wrongdoing and do nothing, you are giving in to evil and allowing it to flourish without consequences. Many times people simply choose to not get involved, especially if the wrongdoing is of a relatively minor sort, like a property crime. But the law of karma will assign them responsibility for all that happens subsequently, If that perpetrator does not receive a consequence for their action, they may be emboldened to do worse and cause even greater harm to others. That is the legacy of the inaction of a witness, for example, who might be in a position to provide evidence of the wrongdoing and rein in the person so they are not free to continue harming other people. The primary reason for this bold experiment of the divine human is to have people challenged such situations, so they will learn, albeit the hard way, how to be and how not to be. This, in effect, gives you hands-on experience being an administrator, being totally in control of something, if only your own potential influence on the world, and developing the discernment to know when it is morally justified to take action that might cause a loss for someone and even suffering if you blow the whistle on a perpetrator and they face legal repercussions. While we do not endorse your criminal justice system because of its many flaws, we do endorse being aware of the law of cause and effect and wanting everyone to develop the discernment to know right from wrong and to call out one another when there is perceived wrongdoing. It is better to prevent further damage and subject someone to a harsh and imperfect criminal justice system than to allow a perpetrator to continue unopposed, to cause even further damage, which both hurts the perpetrator and the future victims. All will suffer, the perpetrator much more so than the victims, when karma eventually comes around to them. They will pay for every bit of the suffering that has ensued, If you are a bystander in a position to intervene but choose not to, you will be lumped in with the perpetrator in contributing the suffering to the world they bring about because you have had a hand in it as well, even though passively. These are choices. It is important to understand these concepts and to view your own conduct in the world accordingly.
1: Well, creator... Does something that Creator, I think, tries to sidestep at times, and that is really come out with a strong answer on, on a dilemma, a true dilemma. You know, we know our criminal justice system is flawed, Carl. We, we've talked about that many times. Creator has talked about that many times. But this is a key sentence. It is better to prevent further damage and subject someone to a harsh and imperfect criminal justice system than to allow a perpetrator to continue unopposed. So, that's you know that's a that's a very direct statement that uh, that creators offered us. So if people want the divine perspective on the criminal justice system. You have to balance that against all of the criticism that comes with it.
2: Well, I think the key issue here is that wrongdoing is done by wrongdoers. I mean, that's just a fact. <laughs> that's why laws exist to demarcate right. what's acceptable and what it is over the line and we'll have consequences and everyone has agreed to that and we grow up in that system, we take it for granted, but somehow in today's world, if you're a lawbreaker, it's it's not your fault, it's someone else's fault and you're lily white, you can do anything you want and you don't have any consequences or shouldn't have any consequences and how dare a police person try to apprehend you and, and force you into handcuffs and into a jail cell and and so on. And this is kind of skipping some steps here in the argument. You know, how did someone come to be a perpetrator? What is behind that? There is a deeper level of responsibility. And the perpetrators, the real ones, are behind the scenes, and they're totally escaping retribution at the moment. We're fighting one another over things they are causing
1: and blaming each other for the for the dilemma. Indeed, U.S. creator, a young 33-year-old white woman was recently arrested for setting fire to two police cars and now faces 80 years in prison. Ostensibly, this was in support of fighting minority oppression, oppression, and ending police brutality. Neither of which she ever faced personally herself. What are the divine perspectives on her behavior, her motives, and the punishment she now faces?
2: All right, and Creator says, One must always consider the context. Today's world is filled with illogical acts carried out by individuals who have a lofty idea and feel empowered to act on it in a tangible way that they believe will create an impression, send a message, provide an example, or even serve as a kind of object lesson or punishment for perceived wrongdoing. That is the clever hook used by the mind control programmers to motivate human beings to carry out crimes in service to an idea they believe they are entitled to support in this way because of the grievous nature of prior wrongdoing. So to demonstrate and even cause damage or harm to others seems justified by the size of the grievance here. In this case, there is no link between these police vehicles and any particular act of wrongdoing the woman is aware of. It is entirely a symbolic act done in response to heightened emotion within her, engineered to happen by the master manipulators of the extraterrestrial alliance, to identify with the downtrodden victims of perceived police misconduct, and to lash back in their name, believing this is serving a high cause and will make a difference. The sad reality is while some may end up puzzling over what they have done in the cool light of day after the fact, in most instances, the programming will continue to resonate because beliefs can become immutable and may well persist for a lifetime. So this individual may feel they have contributed nonetheless even though the law disagrees and holds them accountable for criminal action. This is the tragedy that such acts create new victims who will continue to identify with those perceived to have been discriminated against. By joining their ranks, people like this woman will feel they are fellow victims being discriminated against similarly and are being ill-served by this system. This is why law enforcement alone is not the answer. There must be a deeper healing brought to bear. This can only be done through the divine realm, but it is possible to arrange by making the requests for divine help
1: to do what is highest and best. Yeah, there's a lot of insight here. You know, creators basically suggesting that this woman in carrying out her her act because of lofty ideas is creating a new class of victims because she'll probably be sympathized with by others who will advocate for her release or early release or leniency and they'll be caught up in the hoopla they'll be spending their time that they could be spending doing something else trying to rally to her cause you know this this ripples out this kind of thing and it's all because of manipulation to begin with yes and 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 that's why
2: we're being manipulated Because the interlopers know hatred creates more hatred. Yep. Violence begets violence. Exactly. uh, It's exactly where I was going. Hatred leads to violence. Violence begets more violence.
1: And everyone in that chain is a victim. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Gandhi had a saying I like to repeat often, and that is, eye for an eye and soon the whole world is blind. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful
2: saying and insight as well about the folly of emotion turned into acts of vengeance absolutely
1: be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com we could check out our healing services we're talking about the need for deep healing in this program uh you can get a practitioner to uh do a healing session for and for your benefit or benefit of a loved one you could check out those services at getwisdom.com on our menu we have a healing tab and you can check them all out there be back with more on moral dilemmas to today. we come back after this.
0: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa,
2: play Finding Your Frequency podcast on
0: TuneIn, Welcome back to the final segment of get Wisdom. We are talking about creators'
1: perspective on today's moral dilemmas, and uh, most of these moral dilemmas we are discussing revolve around current events uh, that are going on in the world today. <clears throat> and uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to to peel back on this, Carl.
2: Well, we need to need to forge forward. So we're going to get into some really touchy stuff, and it there, it's for a good cause. You know, we're wanting to help. We're wanting to bring forward solutions. And the problem is there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of anguish about it all, but precious few answers that at least are
1: satisfactory for people. Indeed. U.S. creator, the guilty are always in an exceedingly poor bargaining position vis-a-vis the aggrieved. To err is human and to forgive is divine. But what of those in need of forgiveness where no such forgiveness is forthcoming, especially when their perceived wrongdoing is being born in a particular race? How are the accused supposed to respond to accusers calling for justice for crimes they didn't commit, Buddha's ancestors may have? And Creator tells us the following. In a
2: sense, that is the point of the exercise. To make the people of another racial group suffer as one's forebearers have suffered, and as descendants of them continue suffering in sympathy with all that has happened through history and feeling discriminated against in the current life. We have said before that two wrongs do not make a right. The perpetuation of suffering in this way multiplies the damage and all but guarantees it will persist through the current generation and likely beyond it as well. People ask, when will racism ever go away? It is clear from the conduct of individuals fanning the flames that the answer might well be never. It is not because the racists will not give up their faulty thinking. It is because new generations of racists are born and their victims responding with attacks to punish them in a similar way. This is the prescription for perpetual conflict not reaching a state of enlightenment to move beyond the pettiness of prior errors based on miscommunication and an intentional manipulation to create prejudiced thinking. That is why the only hope here is to heal the perpetrators who create succeeding generations of haters to keep the old haters alive. And this is quite easy for them to do. When haters are in short supply, one can ramp up the sensitivity of the former victims or those identifying with the historical victims and make them impassioned and seeking retribution because of their growing anguish about all that has happened to their forebearers and feeling threatened in the current generation as well. Even if haters did not exist, being accused of racial prejudice Is guaranteed to create hatred in many treated this way. After all, racial prejudice is the assignment of characteristics, often of a demeaning nature, to the members of another race. And that will have happened because of discomfort in assigning an explanation that may well be wildly inaccurate about what those people are like and their potential with respect to intelligence, morality, and other human attributes. When seen through a distorted lens, as when accused of wrongdoing unjustly, this is likely to create beliefs that members of a race cannot be trusted. And thus is born a new generation of prejudicial prejudicial haters. That is why there needs to be a divine intervention to break this cycle. It can only happen if the perpetrators stand down so they do not keep the game going.
1: You know, I, I look at that statement when haters are in short supply. And I think back over the last, you know, 20 years and, you know, probably just prior to 9-11, if you think about it, haters in this country, I think we're in short supply. Genuinely, you know, it was far from a utopia, but um, compared to the current environment, um, it, it was a different time period. Well, and you're seeing it today with all of the uh,
2: so-called hate crimes that turn out to be either a misunderstanding, a misinterpretation or something, or even a hoax, someone just making a prank of some kind, or deliberately trying to foment hatred by constructing the crime themselves and then playing victim. This, This shows you... How shallow this whole enterprise is. We're not living in the Jim Crow era any longer. We're not living in the slave era any longer. It is getting better, but people seem to not want it to. They want to burn the place down because we're not there yet. Well, that isn't the answer. We got to get
1: there. And, and the and creator is saying here, this is the capability the interlopers have to ramp up the sensitivity of the former victims, former underscore former, or those identifying with the historical victims, you know, and bringing it up fresh and, and throwing gasoline on the old fire that was about to go out. You know, if you got it, if the fire burns down to just a tiny little flame, but you go throw gasoline on it, it's going to roar up again. And that's what's happening here. Yeah. And, and there's they'll. They'll be. They'll bring along new ideas
2: to use as the fuel, yeah. And this is what happens. the The argument just starts evolving a bit. When it's not overt, it's subtle. When oh, it's, it's not also, demonstrable, it's all, it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's, it, it's systemic.
0: systemic you know, like it's yes. hiding
2: somewhere.
1: It's in there somewhere. We know it. How do we root it out? My sister was asking me that this morning. How do we root this out? How do we find it? We have to look for it? (laughs) We have to look for it. Maybe we ought to think about this. What is the divine... You ask Creator, what is the divine perspective on racial privilege? What is the best way to combat it if it exists and is a genuine problem? How can prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol help alleviate this problem? All right. And this is what Creator tells
2: us. In essence... The perception of racial privilege is the blaming of a group of people by association of their skin color with the wrongdoing of particular individuals and circumstances that have happened to others, even in a great distance and location, as well as time, up to and including blame for the evils of history. Being irrational, this is a tip-off, there is a deeper issue. One of manipulation to accept prejudice beliefs against a whole group of individuals based on their skin color, when this is the very crime for which people are seeking justice. The fact they do not perceive they are engaged in similar wrongdoing in accusing members of another race of benefiting somehow from racial prejudice is disparaging that group of individuals by lumping them all together as evildoers. When this is done without any concrete evidence of prejudice, but simply blaming them according to the color of their skin, it is making the same mistake as a racist judging people as inferior because of their pigmentation and not seeing them as human beings. This distortion of thinking is engineered to happen. It is through a corruption of the deep subconscious within the individual and inculcating them with negative beliefs about another racial group and ongoing propaganda, ongoing propaganda to instill fear within them with many lies and exaggerations about how they are being suppressed. They are being discriminated against by members of the other racial group and are an aggrieved party identical to those individuals of the past who are exploited, and for which this is on record historically. For example, the times of slavery where there were slaveholders of a differing race. This extrapolation across time is a propaganda campaign being promoted by the extraterrestrial alliance who created the idea of racism in the first place. The corrupt beliefs and the legacy they produce in creating a karmic liability for all involved, perpetrators and victims alike, requires divine assistance to heal the damage. This is possible if requested by humans. It will not happen without a human request for intervention. That is the responsibility of the enlightened to see to. Understanding the rules of engagement, that it is part of the free will human paradigm that to meet your challenges and obligations to care for one another, right the wrongs of history and solve the problem of evil once and for all, the responsibility is yours to see to this. When the problem is too big for you to solve, you must call on the divine to make up the difference. And bring in what is needed to effect a thorough cleansing and healing to repair the karmic wounds and the karmic liabilities and consequences underway that hold people down and serve often to perpetuate the problem. This is not because karma is another kind of evil, but is a kind of leveler. It is the imposition of justice through bringing back the energy one creates to the one who launched it into the universe. If it was the energy of hatred, they will feel the sting. If it is the suffering of a victim who loses their way and allows themselves to become helpless, they will once again be challenged with a similar suppression and a reopening of the old wounds. If they can find a way to heal, they will surmount their difficulty and in the process will learn and grow and move forward to have a better future. This is the consequence of taking action in a meaningful way to enlist divine help through prayer or the Lightworker Healing Protocol to bring in an even more powerful comprehensive series of requests for divine assistance to take care of all kinds of adverse circumstances and energetic interactions throughout time to fully repair the karmic backlog of evil actions and woundings that resulted. This is a divine level problem but is within reach of humans to solve, because they can indeed enlist that divine help. It will not be done without a human wanting it to be so. This is a test for you, and will determine your fate one way or another, in what kind of future you will have. You can lose your world altogether and have to start over, in which case you will be back one day, facing the same adversaries, without all the hard-won knowledge you've gained so far. And this would be tragic, especially because you're so close to solving the problem. If you can return to divine alignment and partner with Creator, everything can change within the next few years to begin a disengagement by the interlopers from your realm with continued healing of them to save them from a dark fate, as well as to save all of humanity from annihilation at their hands. That is the ultimate prize and benefit of asking for divine assistance in a meaningful, effective, and powerful fashion. You cannot do this on your own. The divine is ready and waiting to help you. It is time to act. You will determine
1: your own fate through your choice here. You know, we said earlier that... uh... To err is human, to forgive is divine. And Creator is talking about um, things that affect karma in the sense of the perpetrators and reliving it, but also the victims. You know, if the victims have a role too, and they have things they can do. It's, It's not in their prerogative to just sit back and wait for somebody else to fix their problem, to bring justice to them, for Creator to even step in and solve all their problems. Forgiveness is how this is going to get resolved. And it's different from justice because justice is, a, is a, a repaying on the part of the perpetrator. But if you're forgiving the perpetrator, you're saying no repayment is necessary. It's a, it's a breaking of the cycle. That's what forgiveness is all about. And that's what we need in this world. Well, continuing to fight with one
2: another distracts us from the tightening grip of the interlopers. And we'll go down if we don't stop this madness. Madness.
1: Yes. And we have to heal them. And part of healing them, also involves forgiving them. You're not going to heal somebody that you haven't forgiven. So, the way to stop this cycle of violence is if we have to heal those that are, we have to forgive those who are oppressing us and heal them. It's a two-step process. It's not just, oh, I forgive you when we're done. Healing is a very precise, uh, complex undertaking as the Light Healing Protocol uh, displays in all of its majesty. Yes. And healing of ourselves is a part of this. Because
2: it's impossible to forgive if you're too worked up, too distorted, too corrupted in your thinking. So, this is a universal need of all present
1: in this struggle. Absolutely. We're out of time, Carl. Thanks a lot, as always. We'll see you next week. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly they'll be here at 10 a.m pacific time and 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel we wish you a beautiful week